you a Renaissance man? Um, I don't know about that, but um, I like Jack the Renaissance Fair. Oh, do you? That's fun. Yeah. Um, go there and drink mead. Huh? You can go there and drink mead, watch people duel. It's awesome. That ain't my cup of tea. It's, it's mead. It's way better than tea. What is mead? Mead. It's a wine that's made from honey. Mm. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, it's awesome. Why I never heard of that? I don't know. Let's go to the Renaissance Fair. There's one coming I was up. busy at Mardi Gras and uh, missed the Renaissance yeah, Fair. Yeah, you're probably having more fun at Mardi I'm Gras. I'm staying honestly. in this box. This Mardi Gras funk? Mm. I'm sorry. It is what it is, bro. It is what it is. Um, we will pray and we'll have a mm. good prayer time. And I would like that. We'll get you out of this Mardi Gras funk. I would like that very we, much. we got to expedite this thing. It's already 1140. So we've been <laughs> BSing for a long time this wow. morning. Wow. Yeah. We're good at that. We are good at that. But we're recording on a Monday. And it should... And yeah, let the record show we're recording on a Monday. Yeah, we got out of bed for this. Ooh. Yeah. So if this does make it into the podcast, all of our listeners should feel really <laughs> special. <laughs> that we got out of bed to record on an off day. Talk about Lent. <laughs> right, all the good things. Exciting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna grab my guitar. Okay. Um, ready? Okay. Ready? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so, we're getting ready for Lent. Mm-hmm. We need a little more banter before we okay. start. Is that, is that cool? Yeah. Because yeah, I had yeah. to stop recording and start recording a bunch of times. For sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. People are going to know that we're bantering. What does that mean? Because I think they think the beginning, you know how the beginning of the show, uh-huh. it's always like a cold open, right? Like, the beginning of the podcast is always this Out of thing where we're, where we're talking about whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So, without, I don't think we've ever talked about that happening. We just kind of sit down and press record and then it starts, right? And I like, it's just, I, I it's like very your natural. use of the word we. And I feel like we're talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about it now. And I'm no, ruining, you're pressing record. I'm ruining it. Yeah. Oh, no. You don't think so? Uh, it doesn't feel awkward right now. Or like no? You, like you have to be I have funny. stuff I need to talk to you about. Like what? Okay, did you look at the pens? I did. So, we've got a four screen. Have uh-huh. you seen a four screen ballpoint before? Actually, I have you know, not. actually, you know what I have, but only because oh. no, only because only because green is my favorite color. Okay. So I've definitely gone to to you like, search like for Hobby a Lobby screen. and Michaels where they have all those the, the individual one. Yeah, the, yeah. So I've definitely ballpoint. Yeah, I've definitely gone and like bought a whole bunch of those in different colors. Yes, I'm gonna give it to you because I'm not giving you my pen. I'm gonna give you that you've seen green before. Yes, I have. Periwinkle. I like that. That's nice. Isn't this nice? It's, yeah, it's, it's nice. I feel like these look like felt colors, like they a do. felt tip pen. It they does do. not look like a ballpoint. It doesn't. And then I give you the turquoise. The turquoise is pretty. I like that one. To... Hello. Yeah. It's that time. Yep. Angelus. Um, together, I feel like they're very complimentary. They are. They are. It's a nice palette. And... This brings me joy. It's a nice on a Monday of, morning. Sort of winter moving into spring palette. It is. It is. The periwinkle takes us to spring. It does. Forest greens kind of keeping me a little bit like, oh, it's cold outside. But there are some evergreens that are like, sure, you sure, know, sure. You know, it's pretty color. Uh, maybe, maybe a few oak trees here and there waking up. Mm, you know. Yeah. 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 And the turquoise is just you can't go wrong. It's it's a it plays it plays the field. All of four the seasons. seasons. Yeah. You can have turquoise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Ocean water uh-huh. has a little turquoise uh-huh. feel. Uh-huh. Nice dark fall sky. Yeah, 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 like in the desert. Yeah, mm. I like I like turquoise. That is good. Yeah, turquoise is in my family of favorite colors. You have a family. Yeah, kind of. So the so greens. My, so my yeah, it's it's greenish greenish blues, kind of leaning towards mm-hmm, green, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, my favorite color is uh is seafoam green, right? Which has some blue seafoam. in it. True seafoam. What is um, that? What is that? Is that light? It's light. It's like a, um, uh, it's like a kind of a pastel-y, um, you know, you know. Never took you for a pastel. You know, if, uh, Fiesta wear, like the plates, uh-huh. Fiesta wear. So their oh. original green was like a surf green. It's, it's just a gorgeous Is surf color. the same as seafoam? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. 
Um, I mean, I think it is. And then okay. I, I love sort of that all the way to like turquoise. Okay. Yeah. And when you say all of that, like if you're if you're on your computer and you're picking a color for a font and then you go to the the little box that little has circle. like yeah. 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 So from here to there. Yeah. From seafoam to turquoise. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. That family. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Things I didn't know about James. I don't I don't like necessarily like wear clothes that are that color i'm not it's not like that kind of thing favorite color for me oh um but it is like tell me about the boxes you keep your colors in (laughs) if i have like a like i actually do have a watch that's seafoam green no you don't feeling you do feeling excited it's it's maybe maybe kind of in between seafoam and turquoise interesting uh and if i you know if i want to wear it i'll wear it like it i like a little is it if Mm. I, would, I never I would, took you as somebody who was looking for the pop of color. I would love a guitar that color, like that. Oh, kind of thing. whoa, you know I mean? yeah. yeah. Surf, okay. surf green was a big color for Fender Fender guitars okay. in the fifties. Yeah, fifties and sixties. This is intriguing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So you can do a guitar, mm-hmm. you can do a watch, mm-hmm. but not clothes. Not like a no. I mean, unless. So uh, what that, about a T-shirt? No. So back in the day in the band, uh, I actually wore a, a, our, our, we had colors. Um, each guy in the band had a color. Like the Wiggles? (laughs) Thank you. That's awesome. Sorry. That's the best ever. I love it. Um, no, not like the Wiggles. Uh, but we each had a color. My color was like seafoam green, like this bright green. So you got to pick. And then, yeah. And then direct opposite of me, the other guitar player, the guy on the other side of the stage, his name is JT and his was like fluorescent pink, like hot pink. And they actually go really. Are those across from each other on the color wheel? Okay. Well, no. Uh. Well, I mean, they are complimentary. I don't know if they're directly across from each other. They're Um, far enough away to be complimentary. Our our lead singer pretty much wore all black. And so it was like, it was, it was cool. It was kind of of a cool thing. Yeah. 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 I don't think there's, anyone wearing black in the wiggles so no. you would definitely stepped it up a notch no i've i've never seen the wiggles so i, I oh what a, well i've never seen the i wiggles. guess that could I've be true never seen the wiggles i unfortunately i'm sure you have seen, seen the, the wiggles, wiggles. A lot. yeah i might even be able to scrounge up a cd somewhere in my closet mm-hmm. of old cds that's good you ready to podcast uh, yes let's do it let's podcast i am ready Ready? Okay. I'm caffeinated and I've talked about my pens, so we may as well podcast. Great. Sounds like a plan. Um, hi, Nikki. Hello, James. How are you? I was going to start. Hello, James. Hi, Nikki. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, I am excited uh, because we're, um, I think people have figured out by now, you and I both get pretty excited about the liturgical calendar. Yes. We're coming up on uh, a different season uh, than we've been enjoying the last mm-hmm. several weeks. We've been in this like post-epiphany, epiphany-tide ordinary time. Wow, right? epiphany-tide. Epiphany-tide. That's really, that's wow. really what it's called. Like, if you go to the daily, daily readings, it says epiphany-tide. And you're like, oh, wow. Well, okay. I feel like that needs, I need to write that down. I know, epiphany-tide. Um, anytime that there's like a, essentially like a... Um, a, a, a layover of time, a feeling in the liturgical calendar that like bleeds into ordinary time. Mm-hmm. Like, like there is such a thing as Easter tide. Right? I've so heard of the Easter yeah, tide. Easter I've never tide. heard of Epiphany tide. Epiphany tide. So we're all in, and even in the readings um, up to now, uh, mm-hmm. which we've been talking about the Beatitudes. Yeah, the, the readings have definitely they've been showing that. up. Yeah, um, in the in the readings up to now, we've been kind of like discovering who Jesus is. It's been these readings of like discovery that mm. kind of that kind of reveal to us that oh yeah Jesus is the Messiah and this is like a you know a lot like the people of Jesus's time would have experienced in those three years of his ministry a slow un, unwrap unlayering uh, or yeah, revealing yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. yeah we're kind of unpacking who he is mm. and he's about to um or we're going to celebrate in the liturgical calendar we're going to celebrate his his 40 days in the desert we're going to celebrate his going into his public ministry right mm-hmm. kind of what that looks like um and we're going to celebrate him sort of calling uh, us, calling the disciples into that ministry. And then uh, Palm Sunday, right? That's going to take about six weeks. And then Palm Sunday, we're going to celebrate um, him going to Jerusalem to be crucified. He knows kind of that that's what's happening, right? And so, it feels weird you saying 
celebrate, but I, I get it. Yeah. It just, it's a uh, celebrate, observe. Yeah. Memorialize. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I just, I mean, and I know you do too. I just think that's super cool how that mm. is kind of set up for us to, to kind of walk through, um, these, these stories in scripture, walk through right. this retelling of Jesus's life, um, in a really profound way, in a way that's tangible, I think is, is really. And neat. I think it's beautiful that we have the opportunity and the option to make it as big or as relaxed mm-hmm. as, um, we need to in our present you know, like yeah. each year we can yeah. amp, ramp it up or, or tone it down depending on where we are. Mm-hmm. But when you're going to model your life after your, your hero, mm-hmm. your Jesus, then it makes sense that we would, um, do what he did yeah. and, and yeah. retreat for 40 days. Absolutely. Um, you said two things that kind of perked my ears up. You said, uh, it can be as relaxed as we want. I think that is something that maybe not a lot of people have heard or thought about. Um, we should talk about that today. And then you said your Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Um, this, this time of, of Lent, uh, the reason that we kind of, uh, kind of strike out on this journey into the wilderness, this journey into, you know, the desert, sort of this ascetic experience, right? Mm-hmm. That we're all, we're all sort of going through. Um, we're going through the, this, this experience alone together, right? And yeah, and, that, and, that's a weird Thing, it's a, it's, a, it's yeah. a weird thing. Um, but the reason that we do it this way is because we're really there to encounter Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're not necessarily, I mean, we are journeying towards Easter and journeying towards Jesus on the cross and the resurrected Christ. Um, but we're journeying with him at the same time. So he's kind of walking with us one by one. It's he a mystery. In, invites us out into the desert in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, you know, if you read about Jesus's experience in the desert, um, there's like, you know, there's the Holy Spirit ministering to him and the angels ministering to him. And there's all these different things that happen. And we want to go, we're, we're invited into those experiences too. We want to go have those experiences with God. Right. Um, that's like pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Um, do you have any ideas what you're going to do for Lent this year? I have some ideas I'm floating around and I'm also being super like, um, <sighs> I want to say snobby. That's not the word. I don't feel like um, sharing, you know, like I feel like I want to really um, hone in on the alone part in the desert Mm -hmm. in that sense, you know, Mm -hmm. because I think in the past I've done things with um, a little bit of like manipulation, you know, like, Oh, I want to give this up so that I get this prize, mm-hmm. you know? And I really want to move away from that. And I feel like sharing what I'm giving up is takes away from that. Sure. Does that make sense? I understand. I understand okay. wanting to kind of play it close to the vest and wanting to, yeah. um, wanting to kind of like treasure it a little bit and kind yeah. of see what God reveals to just you in that. I, I think that's my, that's usually my feeling going into Lent mm-hmm. is that I have some things that all, I'll like share with the teens or share with my mm-hmm. friends. And then there's also some things that I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep that sort of close and work yeah. on that on my own. Um, the reason that I ask you that is because I think, I think Lent has this, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe kind of underrated or unknown way of, of reorienting, um, not just our, our journey, right? So we're, we're kind of like, okay, well, I need to get, need to maybe develop some better habits or some better prayer time, or I need to fast a little bit and, you know, um, kind of re reorienting our, our journey towards God, our movement towards God. It also, for me, and I was thinking about this the other day, it also has this way of helping me to kind of remember who I am, like who Mm. God has revealed Mm -hmm. to me that I am. And, and certainly that comes along with like, okay, what are the things I need to work on? Right. That, that's a big yeah. part of it. But if there's also this, I mean, Lent means spring. It means like, like kind of this, this like coming forth. Right. And, and so, you know, a lot like Advent, like it's not, it's a penitential time in the sense that we're working on things that we need to work on, but it's also a time of real, you know, kind of just basking in God's presence and really just kind of leaning into the joy mm-hmm. that comes with this relationship with God. There's definitely the opportunity to atone and to go to reconciliation and to, you know, work on those, on those, that tough, those tough yeah. spots in your life. 
But when you go to reconciliation, you should be happy afterwards. Well, this is the thing. It's like it's chipping away, like you said, you know, becoming more of yourself. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like chipping away at the parts, the, the false parts of yourself or the things that you've let, let accumulate yes. as yeah. part of your personality that yeah. aren't God-given parts of your your you. Exactly, yeah. And so it it sometimes hurts to chip away at stuff, right? It does, it does. So this, um, yeah, and, and, and this whole concept of Lent, I think it gets... It gets a little bit um, diluted in that it it becomes like, you know, okay, what are the things that I have to chip away at? Mm-hmm. And we're just focusing on those things, and and I think God is like, okay, you're you're chipping away, and that's great, James. I see they're chipping away, but like like a sculptor that's like mm. chipping away yeah. at the excess, right? What are you revealing? Like, what are you revealing? That's good. In that's there, good. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're revealing is that you're this beloved child of God, that God is excited about, Mm, you know, journeying with you. He's excited about being with you out in the desert. He's excited with you, you know, excited to bring you into Jerusalem Mm -hmm. and bring you to that place of, you know, the Paschal mystery, right? He's excited to bring you into that. Um, I think a lot of us stop before, before that, because that is like huge and big and, and means that we're going to be, you know, if, if, if nothing else transforms us in scripture, certainly the passion, death and resurrection of Christ. Like, like you can't yeah. not read that and not be moved in some direction. Right? Yeah. So, so that means that we have to respond. Right. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of us, we, we, even though we're chipping away at these other things, a lot of times we kind of put those, that wall up of like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do X, Y, Z in Lent. I'm going to have these expectations, but those expectations are going to stop. You know, they're going to stop at a certain point. Before we get too serious about this transformation, and for me, what I wind up doing a lot of times, if if I'm thinking that way, um, and not purposefully, but if that's kind of the rut that I'm in, what I wind up doing is I'll get to I'll get to where we have about two weeks left of Lent, and I look around and I'm like, man, I don't feel like anything is really moving or happening or and changing. Are you not? I just feel kind of stagnant. And and do you feel closer to yeah, to yeah, Jesus? Yeah. Do I feel closer to Jesus? And you know, sometimes the answer is like. You know, there's a difference between feeling closer to him and maybe paying more attention to him. And mm-hmm. I've been paying more attention, but am I am really am I really closer? Because have I really responded? You know, have I really decided that I'm going to go a direction with God? Mm-hmm. Am I going to go where God's leading me? Um, I think that's always hard. Whether it's Lent, whether yeah. it's you know Advent, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people just struggle with that in general. You know, you struggle to just say yes to God because it feels sort of big and scary and you wonder, you know, um, is God waiting on me? Is he, is he, you know, is he pushing me? Is he pulling me? Is he, is he even there? Right. Like, like we get kind of wrapped up in a lot of those, those different, um, those different scenarios in our life. And we, we kind of forget that like God is happy to be here with you. Yeah. He's, he's excited to be here with you and, and he wants you to delight in his presence and he delights in yours and that is enough. In mm-hmm. fact, that's not only enough. That is like, like, kind of where we, you know, like that's where the saints are. That's what the saints are doing in heaven, right? There, God is just pouring out mm-hmm. His love upon them for eternity, and they're just there going, yes. Huh. You know? And that's really, that's really all God wants or expects from us. And sometimes that takes like this huge radical change in our lives. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just being willing to say, yeah, God, God loves me. And that's like enough. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's more than enough for me to, to be satisfied. So, um, we'll kind of talk about that. I feel like that's, I feel like that's a tough thing. I feel like that's a tough thing to keep in your crosshairs. Yeah. And maybe we can look at the scriptures and, uh, kind of see what Jesus has to say about, um, the intention behind mm-hmm. Lent, the intention behind fasting and praying and some different things. We have some really cool readings that come up on Ash Wednesday, which is when you're hearing this episode, hopefully. All right. Yeah. I do like the Ash Wednesday. Yeah, I do too. It's pretty cool. Um, do you have Do you have an Ash Wednesday story? No. I don't. An I, Ash Wednesday story? Yeah. No. Like, are you, do you, do you go as a whole family? Um, no, because I don't, it, okay, so our church is about 30 minutes away from our house, mm-hmm. and um, it's hard to get there after school, mm-hmm. so I prefer to go during the day. 
Yeah. Let's go. That's great. Which means my kids don't always get ashes. That's okay. It's not a whole idea of obligation. Right. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. I don't want... I, I would like for them to go. Sure. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would like to not be in traffic to bring them. Wow. Yep. I just said that. <laughs> I think there's, I think, I think a lot of people listening to this are going, yep, me too. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a very common thing. Um, I mean, I work at a church and, and there have been, and I've worked, that's been my career is working at different churches. And there have definitely been Ash Wednesdays where it's like, crap it's seven in the evening like and i haven't gone and gotten ashes yet i'm the only one in the office without ashes oh on the man like that kind of thing so um it's not uh it's certainly not something that is um it's something that god is inviting you into and hopefully when we're invited we always say yes but we don't always say yes mm-hmm. right it's 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 not um it's not necessarily guaranteed to be like the easiest thing to do also like symbolically that that symbolism is heavy I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's heavy. The fact that you're you're putting ashes on your head, you know, as a way of atoning for your sins. Yeah, that's that's tough, you know, and and can be, you know, if we don't. There's a like for me, like there's a shame spiral in there somewhere. A know, shame sure. spiral. Yeah, um, I and asked you th- that question not to put you on the spot. I wanted. Yeah, you to totally share. put me on the spot. So I'm tell sorry. me your Ash Wednesday story. I have a really cute story about my grandma Lala. Okay. Okay. Of so course. I was I was there um, visiting her. This it was Ash Wednesday. This was a couple years before she died, and um, she was still real, you know, like mobile and and getting around and being cute. And she, you know, s- swore up and down that mass was at like mass was at like two p.m. or something, which felt like a weird An time. Odd hour. <laughs> and I was like, mass, you know, like distribution of ashes. Ashes. And I was like, Grandma, like. Do you want me to call them? You want me to look it up? And she's like, no, Mijito, we're, we're going. And I was like, okay. So we get in the car. We go. Of course, there's nobody oh. there. Right? And turns out that the next Ashes service is at like four. And she had an appointment at the beauty shop. And she did not She did not miss appointments at the beauty shop, right? Oh, gosh. So there's a, there's literally a, um, this little bowl of ashes on the altar. Okay. Like no. a, or on a credence table next uh-huh. to the altar. And she goes up there and she's looking around. And my grandma has been at this church for, you know, like 60 years. Okay. She knows everybody. This is her church. That's her church. She knows the pastor. She's been on like councils and stuff when she was younger and all kinds. So she like knows things. And she's just like, Mejita, I can give you ashes and you can give me some. And I'm just like, oh, that's so not how this works. Right. And so I'm really, I was really like torn between. You're all squirmy. I was torn between. You know, obeying, and so I go back into the sacristy, and I'm like looking around, like, is there a deacon? Is there someone that can just come tell my grandma? Not how it works, right? And there's there's no one there, and so you know, Mihito, it's okay. And so she's come up, and then there's like five or six other people from the parish that have come up, and they're all have they all have the same idea. So now she's distributing ashes. She's not distributing ashes, but she's like, yeah, my grandson, my grandson works at a church, it'll be fine. Like she's like that, okay. And so, um, I'm oh just like, God. I'm just like, okay. Now you're part of it. So I, I'm really not sure what I'm going to do. And I have picked up this bowl uh, yeah, yeah. and right as I pick up this bowl, the pastor walks oh, out, Father Roy God. walks out from this no. kind of this other room on the other side of the sacristy. And he was really nice and really gracious about it. And he was like, Hey, you know, like, you know, just kind of explained to my grandma that, he would prefer the distribution of ashes during liturgy. And she was like, well, I have to go to the beauty shop and all this stuff. <laughs> She's all upfront about yeah. it. And then Look. he told her, he said, well, there's actually a, an ashes service. It's not mass, but there's an ashes service. At like, it was like 6 p.m. Like, go to the beauty shop and come back. And she was like, okay. And so, and I, I told her, like, if we, uh. if we do that instead, then I will... Like we'll we'll go to the beauty shop. We'll do what we need to do. We'll come. We'll get ashes, and then we'll you and I will go to dinner somewhere. We'll go grab dinner. Oh, I thought you were gonna say, and, and I'll get you an ice cream. Yeah, after. yeah, it's something. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so we said that everything was fine. I put the bowl down. We sat. We stood and kind of prayed in the church for maybe I don't know, thirty seconds, a minute, and then we walked out of the church right to go back home before the beauty the shop. Beauty shop. When we got in the car, my grandmother had ashes on her forehead. No, she didn't. I have no idea where they came from. To this day, I have no. Grandma, where did you get ashes? I got them in the church. 
I don't know if she put them on herself. I don't know if someone else put them, but she was like, I am not I'm getting, I am not going to, I'm not going to walk around without ashes on Ash Wednesday. Like I'm, I'm not, not going to the beauty parlor without beauty ashes. Okay. So we came back, she got ashes again. It was really fun. We went and had dinner. It was, it was really cool. Yeah. It was fun. Wow. Yeah. It's a cool story. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, charming lady. If you're if you're listening to this and maybe you haven't been to church in a while or or maybe the ashes thing is kind of like a foreign concept, um, don't do that. Just go <laughs> just go during a regular time. Don't grab your go ashes. An ashes service uh, or or mass on Ash Wednesday and yeah. receive ashes from a minister who has been given permission to distribute ashes yeah. at the proper time in the proper way. Um, that's, that's just entering into the liturgy and I promise it'll be a, a better experience for you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Grandma um, Lala. yeah, she was, she was great. Um, so the, the readings this year are, are really interesting. Um, so, uh, the, um, the gospel reading on Ash Wednesday, uh, it comes from Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter six, uh, and it's um, Jesus is giving these different teachings about kind of how to in- interact with God in this chunk of the gospel. And right in the middle, it's actually omitted from the reading, so you won't hear it at Mass on, on Ash Wednesday. Um, but right in the middle is the Lord's Prayer, right? Which our friend uh, Mike, Mike Patin yeah. reminded us that w- where did Jesus learn the Lord's Prayer? He learned it at Mary's knee, right? He learned mm. it in this, this you know, he, he learned it from his family, from his upbringing, right? And... and um, so, so Jesus is kind of, he's, he places the Lord's prayer in this teaching, um, with all these other teachings about, about sort of how to interact with God in these different religious ways. Right. And so, um, there's a, there's a, uh, a section on almsgiving. There's a section on prayer. Uh, there's a section on fasting. There's a section on sort of your, your, your treasure in heaven. Like, what are you kind of working for? There's a section on money. Uh, there's a section on, on, you know, um, how you, how you view the world, right? Your, your, your eyes as the, you know, the, the, the light of the body, the lamp of the body. And then it kind of ends with this section on your total dependence on God. Mm. Right. And so Jesus is like, he's, he's asking the people of his time, um, really the, 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 the Jews of his time to kind of up their game when it comes to their religion. So they were very good at religious practices, meaning, mm. you know, you, you wash your hands and checking you, the boxes, checking the boxes, doing all these things. And those things are good. They're, mm-hmm. they're inherently good. Right. Um, but they were sometimes kind of missing the spirit. Of yeah. That. And I think that happens with a lot of us that are late to church. We were more yeah. focused on, you know, uh, was I five minutes late or did I sit, stand, kneel? What did this person think about me? Right. The clothes that I'm wearing the, or the, you know, am I, am I being judged or am I judging someone else for judging me? Like we're worried about all these sort of externals yeah. that are, are, are nice things that point to this, um, this larger, this larger good thing, which is this encounter with God. Right. But a lot of times that encounter with God is not at the top of the list. Right. right. It's not really the reason why we're doing what we're doing. And so, um, Jesus drops the, you know, he's got all of these religious things. And then he drops the, our father right in the middle of that. And it's like, you know, by the way, when you're doing all this stuff, this is how you pray. And mm. this is who you're praying yeah. to, right? Remember this is who why. you're praying to. And, and these are the, you know, this is how powerful your father is. This is how much your father loves you. Right. Which is all mm-hmm. kind of in that prayer. Um, there's a, there's a really, really, um, you know, it's really, really beautiful and maybe kind of confusing um, little piece in there when Jesus is talking about prayer. And that's kind of what, what I thought we maybe we'd talk about today. Um, but he, Jesus says, you know, um, uh, this is in, uh, again, uh, Matthew chapter six, uh, verses five through six, right? Um, this is under the heading teaching about prayer. And, and you'll hear this in the readings on Wednesday. When you pray, Do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. Yeah, so I think that's beautiful, and I also, 
it, it leads to this con- conflict in my head and heart for Lent with mm-hmm. the whole, um, one, receiving ashes as an external sign, and then I'm supposed to like keep these things hidden and not be so outward. And, um, and, and sharing about what I'm sacrificing or doing feels contradictory towards this teaching, which I feel like needs to be a more um, intimate walk with God and less of a tell me what you're tell tell me what you're doing sure i i i think it's important to to kind of break up this scripture into um into a couple of different pieces okay so jesus says when you pray do not be like the hypocrites so so um he's he's saying you know like don't be like this sort of certain group of people made up of a lot of different types of people even in jesus's day right who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners. I wish there was like a comma right there or a hyphen or like a, like in parentheses, just pay attention to that much. What do you mean? There is nothing wrong with loving to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners. Okay. Objectively. Okay. If you, if if you're doing it for the right reasons, if you're doing it for the right reasons, right. Which is kind of part B of Mm -hmm. this, of this statement from Jesus. Part A here is, they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners. Mm-hmm. Jesus certainly would encourage us to do that. Mm-hmm. He would encourage us to go to our church and to offer this time to offer our very presence to God, right? Absolutely, right? He's not saying abandon all the churches. He's not saying don't go to church. That's a very mm-hmm. it's a very kind of flashy um, sort of chic thing to say about religion right now. Jesus doesn't want you in a church. No, he actually really does, right? Mm-hmm. He, he turned the tables over in in the temple because that was his father's house. Mm-hmm. He understands the importance of going to church, right? And 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 going and the sacredness and, of yeah that the sa- the sacredness of the space, the sacredness of the community there. Like he understands that. He says, uh, part B says, so that others may see them, right? You know, I as a someone who works for the church, I have definitely had those experiences where I'm in mass on Sunday or I take communion or I'm at this praise and worship event because I know that people expect me to be there, mm. right? Uh, because Not because I really mm. want to be or I'm really feeling yeah. it. Um, or maybe even because I'm really properly disposed to receive communion. Um, I'm just doing it because what if I walk up there and just receive a blessing? Or what if I don't walk up there and someone thinks X, Y, Z of me, mm. right? Um, Jesus doesn't want that. He wants that, that transparency with us, that vulnerability with us all the time. And I think... You know, what he's saying here is don't let your thoughts kind of be clouded with everybody else's other stuff. Dang, that's hard. It is. My thoughts are, woo, it is. They're all over the place. So he gives us a solution. He gives us a, a solution. When you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, pray to your father in secret, and your father who sees in secret will repay you. That can definitely mean mm. physically find a place that's quiet, that's yours, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, whatever it is in the day that's yours. That you know where you where you feel like it is just you and God, kind Mm -hmm. of that God therapy session. It's just Mm -hmm. you and God, right? But it also means in your mind, right? When you're in mass and there's like a little kid screaming over here, and this altar server's picking his nose, and all the things Mm -hmm. that like distract us, right? Yeah, that takes some discipline. In your mind, can you can you just Mm -hmm. kind of allow God to be first? That's an exercise. It is an exercise. And Jesus does not expect it to be easy, which is why he gives us this model of mm-hmm. practice this at home by yourself. Okay. Practice this at home, right? And if, if we develop that, you know, um, it's almost like, like like musicians, like when you first get together, you you have to work on, you know, kind of the feel. Do I know where this... If we're improvising something, mm-hmm. do I know where the drummer's going to go? Do yeah. I know where the singer's going to go? Can I right? anticipate Can that? Can I anticipate uh, it, right? And yeah. that takes practice. And then... A familiarity with exactly. the person. And yeah, eventually, instead of talking about it or stopping the song or whatever, you can like nod, nod at someone mm-hmm. or, or like, like, you know, wink at someone or something. And you know, sometimes you don't even need that. Sometimes you just know and you just all kind of go there at the same time, right? That's cool. That is cool. That's what Jesus wants with us mm. in our prayer life. He, he wants he, to give us like the look. He, well, and he wants the gaze. Uh, he wants us to be so comfortable with him that we don't have to think too much. Mm. You know, that it's just um, part part of our part of our movement. We can just, just be. Know. We can just be best friends in the same room mm. and not have to 
and not have to work, talk. Too, not have to work too hard, right? To overcome the, the awkward or the silence or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. But how beautiful is that? Like that's what Jesus. Wants I love that. That's what He wants. How beautiful is that? Yes. Mm-hmm. How difficult is that in this busy, hurried world where my mind doesn't seem to turn off? Sure. To create that space mm-hmm. and. Um, like working towards that and being disciplined enough to focus on just, just me and him. Absolutely. That's hard. It is hard. It is hard. It is, it is really, um, it's, it's hard in, in a way that I think is very, I mean, I think that's where the world gets us. I think that's where the devil gets us. Yeah. In those, it's just, just distraction. Hesitations, the distractions, because like if we just lean into the fact that he desires for us to, be his, all his, mm-hmm. attentive to him. Mm-hmm. That's enough. Definitely, definitely. I mean, um, that's a hook for me. Yes, I want to be there. Yes, I want to be there. I want to be there. But I know that as soon as I get there, I'm going to be like, oh, what's that shiny thing over there? Oh, you know what I mean? Gosh, oh, gosh, like, all the shiny stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or the noisy stuff. Or the, or the or... noisy stuff. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, he says something similar um, about fasting in verses 16 uh, through 18. He says, when you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to others to be fasting, except to your Father who is hidden. And your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. There's some interesting um, uh, words in here, reward. That throw, that word throws people a lot like mm. we're... Like we're praying or we're fasting to like get to, something yeah. to get a particular thing out of it, right? Like if I I'm gonna give up coke so that I can lose some weight. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go on the Jesus diet, uh-huh. or, or I'm gonna um, I'm gonna fast in this certain way so that you know God prospers me or something. You know, something like that. Like God, you know, so that I'll be God's favorite or something. First of all, oh my God, like you're already we're all tied for first. We are, you're, but you're I still all, want to be the most. <laughs> exactly, I want to be the most tied for Who first. Who are we right? kidding? Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, it's interesting in here, just in the in the um, in the footnotes uh, in the New American Bible, um, talk about uh, the gospel writer Matthew using um, a few different words, a few different words in Greek for reward. Okay. Right. And so sometimes what he means is like a receipt, like, like, of course, Matthew did that receipt of a job well done, (laughs) like receipt of something paid in full. Right. Oh, and sometimes he means a reward. Like, like you won the lottery. Here's your Scooby snack. Yeah. That (laughs) kind of thing. And then this, this third sort of option is, okay, you've received a gift. Okay, you've received a, a like a like a, a gift from someone's heart. So we can kind of think oh, about wow. that as like the, the grace of God, right? Mm. So um, our God is not he's not a money in, money out kind of God, right? It's not transactional for him. He wants a relationship, right? Um, I think we use this language because we want to be able to Jesus uses this language. He wants us to be able to look up and recognize that because God has called us, like, because we're compelled to move, when we say yes to that movement, we say yes to that relationship with God, things change. Mm -hmm. Things get better. Things get, you know, um, our our relationship with God grows. And and even if we're fasting, uh, we don't have to be gloomy, right? Because we're in this amazing relationship with God. And even though we've given up Oreos or, or, you know, meat on Fridays or whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. um, that there's joy in that and there's joy to kind of be celebrated, right? We think of it as this gloomy thing, but there's this joy to be celebrated that because we're fasting and we're spending that energy or that time that we would normally give to whatever we're fasting from. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're, we're using that, repurposing that energy in that time to, to think about God, to be mm-hmm. in the presence of God, to be in a, in a state of grace with him. Right. That if we're really there and if we're really present to it, that can only be a happy thing. Yeah. Well, it, I, I mean, it can't be anything else. Yeah. You know? I think it all comes from, and we've said this before for other stuff, like paying attention. Mm-hmm. Just paying attention to the purpose and, and your disposition during Lent, you know. Is there a trick to getting your kids to pay attention? Ooh, good question. Um, <clears throat> trick, no. I, I, for me, I just feel like it's a um, continual reminder thing. Just, okay. um, 
Yeah. You just kind of have to insist, right? Yeah. Like, like, or you have to be per- persistent. Yeah, like I pray for me to remember, and then I hope that that cascades down to them so I have things in practice for me, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. setting alarms and stuff like that, and then talk to them about that. And Sure. So as a parent, does it, does that feeling that responsibility does that ever like go away nope i think i think that's what jesus is talking about here Mm. that that when we are when we are are striving in these ways when we're doing these things the father i mean the father's always present to us he's Mm -hmm. always 100 percent present to us but when Mm. when we open up ourselves up to that presence it it changes it changes i mean Mm -hmm. we talk you talk about chipping away at the exterior like the the interior is is revealed radically quickly and and it can be um again something that kind of kind of puts us off or maybe is a little bit scary and so jesus is kind of saying here no look like there's a the, the purpose here the the reward here of being closer to, to the father being closer to to him to mm-hmm. christ is, is so much more powerful in our lives than whatever we might be afraid of mm-hmm. right it's so much more powerful and so like a parent who's like you know no like Luke, we, we, you have to keep studying math. You have mm-hmm. to keep studying, I don't know what Luke is saying right now, but like you have to keep working on this thing. Right. Right. And, you know, what is the payoff? Well, you get an A on the test. You, mm-hmm. feel, you feel pretty good. Right. You, you feel, yeah. you feel, you know, like that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of feeling, this feeling of not just accomplishment, that, but that you've, you've built something, you've worked on yourself, yeah. right? And when you use that math example, of course, mm-hmm. you know, you can easily think of the building, the building blocks and what you can do, you know, in the future and as you grow, mm-hmm. because you've laid this foundation that's mm-hmm. firm. It is all, it is all, you know, it is all very much that, like that analogy of being, being on a journey, mm-hmm. being on, on a particular path, right? And, and even just little steps, like even just little steps on the journey, Jesus celebrates and mm-hmm. Jesus wants you to celebrate them too. Like he, that's, you know, when he says, you know, don't be gloomy, right? Like he's not just saying, um, you know, he's, he's, he's not just saying, don't be like these people that are kind of missing the point. He's also saying like, there's, there's a reason for rejoicing here. Yeah. There's a reason for being, for being happy. Yeah, because yeah. his his grace overshadows all of the any of the gloominess that may come mm-hmm. with asceticism. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I just I, I think I think these um, if you if you have a chance to go read uh, Matthew five, it's not very long. I think it's only like let me see, um, it's only thirty four verses, so it's it's just maybe five or six paragraphs total. It's not very long, um, and the Lord's prayer is in there. Uh, and you, you'll get to see that in context, the Our Father prayer in context, uh, which is cool. Um, it really is just kind of a good reminder. It, it, I think at first glance, it, maybe it feels like Jesus is kind of just laying down some rules, a lot like the mm-hmm. Beatitudes that mm-hmm. we've been talking about. Um, when we start to unpack those things and we really sit with them, uh, they become these really glorious sort of positive points in our life, yeah. right? And and this reading in Matthew's gospel as well, like how wonderful is it that God wants us to build up treasure in heaven? Yeah. How beautiful is that? He talks about what not to do, mm-hmm. right? In order to do that. And it can kind of sound kind of negative, um, but he's giving you the opportunity to build up treasure in heaven. Right. Beautiful. And I mean, just like a parent, you know, you lay down the rules, not because you want to restrict or frustrate or, um, you know, any of those negative things as far as what we think of when we think of rules being laid down, but it's mm-hmm. because, we want what's best for you to excel, to be the best version of yourself, or in other words, like the person God created you to be. And that's all he's doing too with the Beatitudes and with these, you know, parables and, mm-hmm. and things like that is he's given us the framework with which to be the people he's created us to be. Absolutely. And, and I think that brings us maybe to the point of Ash Wednesday that we don't, we don't celebrate often enough, right? What is that? Um, what is that? And that's that, that, you know, when we're repenting, we're going through this time of repentance, that implies that we have something to repent for. Mm. That implies that there is this sort of negative space, right, that we're having to deal with or having to, to kind of work through like these negative things in our lives, sin, sickness, frustration, mm-hmm. whatever it might be, right, this, this, this gloomy stuff, right, less than positive stuff in our lives that we're 
you know, that we're feeling, that mm-hmm. we're feeling those things. Do we stop? I mean, I know I don't. I don't stop and look at Ash Wednesday like, God is giving me this moment to go into this, I don't want to say this celebration of my gloominess. Your brokenness. My brokenness. But he's allowing me to go into my brokenness and to see it as an opportunity to be healed by God, Mm. an opportunity for him to love me. And that when I let him love me, everything changes. Yeah. Right now, doesn't mean that life isn't going to be hard. Doesn't mean that my, my frustrations and things are, are over with, but it means that my mindset, my heart Mm. is, is tuned to a different station, right? Like it's, it's, it's tuned to God and that's going to, that's going to allow me to have the grace to kind of get through some of this stuff and to Mm -hmm. get through it. Uh, maybe as opposed to just saying, get through it to grow through it. Right. Um, I, I, um, our, our friend, our friend Eric that was on with us uh, several episodes ago, he, his story, um, is, is really beautiful in that he had to learn to, 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 to see these, you know, these frustrating things in his life, to see that this brokenness, this heartache, these different things that he went through as opportunities for him to meet God, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. This, this, this is the hand that God dealt me. This is the, the, you know, the, the hand that I got in life where in that hand do I see God working? And so, you know, you allow those moments in your life to kind of mm-hmm. fuel the rest of it, right? That's really what Ash Wednesday is all about. You know, we come in, we're broken, we're sinful, we're repentant. Hopefully we've, we've you know, we feel like we have all these issues and we're still accepted. Mm-hmm. We're still loved by a God who who wants to heal us, mm-hmm. a God who wants to, to show us how wonderful we are, a God who wants to not only heal us and show us that beauty, but to send us out into the world to tell everybody else about it. Yeah. Right. So, so there is a real, I mean, you talk about a story arc going from our brokenness, mm-hmm. right? The the possibilities are endless from there. It's not that we're just a, a Phoenix rising right from the ashes. We are, you know, by saying yes to God, I mean, he, he doesn't just like glue us back together. I mean, he makes us whole in a way that we yeah. can't really, we can't even really comprehend. Yeah. Or yeah. do on our own. Yeah. I think it's like, this beautiful time, like, um, pressing pause in life, which, mm-hmm. you know, um, without Lent, without God, we can't just pause everything that's happening in our life. But if we think of Lent as an opportunity to, to, um, pause on our brokenness mm-hmm. and allow him, um, to work, I think that can be beautiful. You know, they say like, um, cleaning your house with a toddler is like, brushing your teeth while you're eating Oreos. Like it, mm-hmm. you don't feel like you're ever making progress type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like Lent is kind of that pause where, um, we acknowledge our brokenness and we're not saying it is gone, but we're actively allowing the savior to come and be a part of mm-hmm. our brokenness and start to, um, put us back together. Yeah. Make us new. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was reflecting with, uh, our teens last night that, um, uh, you know, we're, we're actually talking about the Beatitudes in our, in our youth group stuff this, mm-hmm. this semester and was reflecting on, on those definitions that we read in the Beatitudes that we've talked about a little bit. And we'll get back to, I think next week. Um, we, uh, we spend so much time, I think, thinking of, of Jesus as like this far off sort of fanciful, almost like fantasy figure, right? mm-hmm. but Jesus was a prisoner Hmm. He was wow. yeah. someone who was abused. He was someone who was poor. He was someone who, um, you know, at some point before his 30th birthday, he, he lost his father, right? Like Jesus experienced life in these Lots really, really tangible human ways. He also had this incredible circle of friends. Mm-hmm. He also had these really tender and amazing moments with this circle of friends that, that were unlike, you know, any friendships anywhere else in history, right? He understood the depths of friendship. This, this saying all this, because I think during Lent, uh, maybe more so than any other, maybe more so than any other time of the year, maybe Christmas, we tend to forget that Jesus was a human being. Hmm. Like we don't really give Jesus that credit that he, he, not only does he want to kind of be with us spiritually and, 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 
you know, the, the resurrected Christ is kind of, he's in our presence when we're gathered and that kind of thing. We believe all that, but there is an actual time in history. There's like a 35 year window where Jesus so radically wanted to share his life with us that he became one of us. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that, that mystery of the incarnation, right. I think, um, it's, it's super important at Lent because Jesus without that human experience, you know, he, he, he doesn't under, he, he, he we, we can't know that he understands the experience of a single mom just trying mm-hmm. to make ends meet. Right. Mm-hmm. Or understand the experience of someone going through cancer or something right. like that. Right. Like that's the point of all this. That's the point of him kind of coming in our brokenness is for him to kind of look at us and go, yeah, I, I lived a hard life too. I and, and, and I yeah. want to not only empathize, but I want to like, I want to heal mm. those wounds. Right. I, I want to, to make you, um, I want to make you understand how, how beautiful that makes you. Right. And, and how your, your being created by the father and your willingness to continue to, to love the father, to let the father love you is it's pretty radical in the mm-hmm. face of like all of this other crap that we deal with. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's, it's supernatural. And we, I think, you know, and because we're humans, we, we want to kind of boil Jesus down to like, well, he wants me to give up Oreos, right? Or he wants me to, to you know, to not eat meat on Fridays. And it's like, okay, I mean, those religious things are important, but they have a purpose. Yeah, it's kind of like the wax on, wax off with mm-hmm. Mr. Miyagi. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. not about... It's not about the wax. All of a sudden, you know, the the Cobra Kai, they try to jump you. You just know karate. Exactly. I mean, it's all all part of the formation. Yeah. Yeah. The devil attacks and you just know, hey, I'm going to lean on. I'm going to lean on Christ. Because you have the discipline. Because I've been leaning on him. Exactly. I've been giving up the meat on Friday. That's my wax on. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) That's cool. I like that. Um, I did have a, a... I have kind of a challenge for our um, mm. our listeners as we kind of wrap up. So this is something that we're doing with the youth group as well. Um, we're going to be, uh, our, our, our theme for Lent is going to be like random acts of kindness. So we're going to be giving the teens some different random acts of kindness to try to um, I guess it's not as randomized if you, get, if you tell them what to do, but well, it's going to be a pool. It's going to be random in the lives of the people, hopefully that are, that are positively go. affected by these acts of kindness. Um, we're, we're starting really small. We're starting really small. Um, we're starting with smiling more. I like that. We're starting with uh, engaging in a conversation, a friendly conversation with a stranger. Maybe even a stranger that feels, maybe where it feels like or it seems like this person doesn't have, um, maybe doesn't have a lot of friends or maybe is kind of struggling socially, looking for that person in your life. Uh, and then kind of the third thing that we told him this week is like, what about that person that you don't like, right? What about Ouch. that person that, that it's, you know, they're kind of hard to deal with. That how is a can, challenge. How can you just be kinder to that person, right? So, um, you know, ask them how their day is and, and, gen- and genuinely mean it and don't expect anything in return. That's a real challenge. Really, but it, but it's simple That's stuff. Good. That's and it's, good. It's, it's stuff that, that we can all do. It's so, not, right, exactly. exactly. So, so, you know, we'll, we'll maybe offer some different, challenges as well during Lent, but that's kind of, that's kind of where we're at is just to, to recognize Jesus and the people around you. Um, if that's hard, then, then think of it as like, um, you know, what, what is it like when you first make a friend? What is it like when you, when you first meet someone new, right? doesn't mean that you have to be best friends with someone. Right. I had one of my teens last night ask me, like, um, he said, I'm, you know, I have this really sort of core group of friends. There's like five or six of them at his school and they're all really, really tight, right? They're all seniors. They've known each other their whole life. And there's this kid who's a junior. He's a year behind them. And he's, he's kind of new to the area and to the school. He doesn't really have any friends and he kind of follows them around at lunch, like kind of want, kind of in their orbit, right? Kind of wanting to be. You can see that he wants to be a part of this group. He's like, what do I do? And it's like, man, you know what to do. yeah. Like God is giving you this opportunity to make a friend. You don't have to make your best friend. This dude doesn't have to be in your wedding. Nobody's saying that. Right. Right. right? Why but, do we think in all or nuns? Yeah, right. But you know, for you, the difference, the difference of just saying, Hey man, how's it going? You want to have lunch with us? Like the difference for That's you might huge. be, it might be nothing to you, but it might be everything mm-hmm. to that person. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and not just everything in the sense of, you know, like hopelessness versus hopefulness, but, 
also in the sense of like, oh, I can take a breath, you know, like, like this, that kindness gives me, it just gives me the chance to kind of be myself and to put my guard down for just a few minutes. Right. So many of us need that in our lives. And, and, you know, when I, when I kind of told him that in the front of his small group, they were talking about it in a small group (laughs) and I walked by and they were like, Hey, let me get your opinion on this. When I told him that I almost kind of felt bad because I was like, man, I know that's hard and Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not telling you to feel bad. I also know that that is totally doable. Right. That's totally doable. You should, and that's why it's a challenge. You should have that expectation of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not to put should out there. That's tough, but you should have some expectations of yourself that this relationship with God that you want, if you're listening to this Mm -hmm. podcast, hopefully it's because you have some questions. Guess what? Those questions mean that, that I believe those questions mean that God is inviting you to be the person that he has created you. Mm-hmm. To be. And that means you're going to have to move. That means it's you're going to have to grow and, and you're going to have to, to let God move you. And sometimes we, we have to do the uncomfortable thing. And that's where the growth happens. That's where it we is. grow closer to him. It's not just like personal growth. It's it is. growing closer to him. I love that. I love it too. And you never know what that could change someone's life. Mm-hmm. I had a, I have a, I had a simple ask of a friend in college to go to, um, so the program that I was in, it was just like 20 kids in a big college. So the people who I I was with, we grew really close. And, um, one of my friends, Mandy, she, um, I knew she was Catholic because we went to the same high school and stuff like that. But, um, I didn't see her at the 9 p.m. mass and that's Mm -hmm. when mass was during college. And so I invited her to come a few times and then she started coming and like years later, she told me that that that's what that was where the change happened for her yeah. and she um you know you never know you never know where god is planting seeds like through you through your yeah through i your mean yes, for me it was smile. definitely yeah. not um hugely significant mm-hmm. i just thought oh well you should come with me it wasn't uh, um it didn't feel like a big challenge or anything it was small but mm-hmm. on her end of the story it was big yeah and that's that's not only like great and wonderful and something to be celebrated. That's kind of what we're designed to do. Mm-hmm. That is what we're designed to do. We're designed to to be in community with one another. We're designed to reveal Christ to one another. We're designed to to point out Christ, you know, in in one another's midst, right? And and I think there's you know, in our in our culture right now, I think there's a fear, right, of of kind of doing stuff like that or am I crossing this boundary or mm-hmm. stepping over this line? And I think what lent maybe you know, what, what Lent kind of says to us is that okay, these are, this is the extreme, uh, wandering in the desert, this extreme fast, this extreme time of prayer, this extreme time of connection with God, this, these extreme lengths that Jesus is willing to go mm. to just, just to be ready for us, just to be in touch with our lives when he starts his ministry. Mm-hmm. Right. And if Jesus is willing to go that far when really he could, he could snap his fingers and make it all happen. Right. Yeah. But he, he values our experience so much that, you know, he wants to come show us how, how close to us he's willing to be, how, how much, how much love he's, he's willing to mm-hmm. give to us. And then he just kind of waits for our response. Oh, right. And so, yeah. so to kind of mirror that, to go out into the world and into our communities and to kind of say, you know, I don't, I don't know this person that wants to sit with me at lunch. I don't know that person in my office that maybe, um, you know, maybe seems kind of quiet or maybe seems like they don't get along with everybody else. I don't know that person super well, but because Jesus loves him and because mm-hmm. God loves him and because God is in there somewhere, I'm going to be present. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be willing to say like, Hey, you, you know, you deserve someone to sit by you at lunch and talk to you about your life, even if it's super boring, right? Like that's big. It it is. I mean, your presence is big. Mm -hmm. It is. It is really, it is really, really important that we, that we hold each other in that, in that high regard, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's the model that Christ gives us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I'm excited about Lent this year. I am too. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but I'm going to try to make, the things that I'm doing positive, like, yeah. like outwardly positive. I do have a thing, a thing, thing that I'm doing that I'm willing to share, What's that? which also has a benefit, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's, it's definitely going to be something that brings me closer to God. And that is, um, to journal with mm-hmm. my prayer because nice. it's something that, you know, I pick up and then I put down because it becomes time consuming or it feels like it's so, I'm so frustrated with myself because I feel like 
I know that it's going to be, um, like, uh, one of those, um, I'll be vulnerable and, and raw with God. Yeah. And that's even like, uh, I don't mm-hmm. want to. Yeah. Yeah. It can How be can I do that? It's just me and him. But I, but I still, when I get pen to paper, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what to say. Sure. Sure. But when I push to do that, it's so rewarding. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I, Christine and I are doing something similar together. We're doing kind of some marriage prep stuff through, through Lent and, and, um, kind of working through some different, um, uh, like Lexio Divina kind uh-huh. of stuff. So I, I'm totally right there with you. I think there's a hesitation because you, I think you're, you know, if you're anything like me, like you're, you're a little bit afraid of failure of not like doing it right. And then you're also a little bit afraid of like what it could mean. What, what is he going to reveal to what me? Is he gonna reveal? Am I going to be able to handle it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, will that's, I freak out well, with what I discover? What we can say from scripture is that anything that's ever revealed to even the painful things that are revealed in scripture, right? Even when, you know, even, even, even when, um, like we were talking about this today, after Jesus's resurrection, when Jesus comes back to Peter who denied Mm -hmm. him, right? Right. Jesus has to go have that face-to-face moment with Peter about the denial. He has to ask him three times, Peter, do you love me? Right. They've, they've got to kind of work this out as friends in their relationship. But, Peter then becomes, has the grace to become the first Pope. Mm-hmm. He has the grace to, to get up in all these different times in the book of Acts and to preach it about the resurrection. It required away to get yeah. the, to the... And there's just so Peter much glory created, yeah. in the rest of Peter's life. Like, yeah. it's just incredible, right? Like, the rest of his life is just incredible. Mm-hmm. And if we can keep focused on that, right? And not that, again, not that we're doing it for this specific reward, but knowing that God is going to take care of us. Mm-hmm. And there's never a point in scripture where God like reveals something like that. And then he's just like, peace out. <laughs> you know, like it just never happens Boom. that way. It never happens that way. Here's a revelation. So, so why would it, why would it happen yeah. that way with us? Right. God, God's going to give us some, some really wonderful things. Yeah. yeah. Me too. My Me humanity too. gets all like, uh. yeah, same, same. Um, we will certainly continue to talk about Lent. We'll, con- we'll certainly continue to kind of dive into um, the Beatitudes and how they shape our, our path. And I know, um, uh, you know, we both are like Lent is a time that excites us, right? So it is. I love the liturgical season, even though it feels a little bit like womp womp. It's not because I, it's sort of like that, um, presents me with the freeing feeling of like decluttering the house. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. yeah. Get all the stuff out of your closet and chip it away. Finally have, you know, space. Yeah. 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 That's cool. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's pray. Let's get out of here. Um, let's begin this journey, uh, of Ash Wednesday. If it's, um, if you're listening to this and, uh, you know, you, you feel like, um, you know, maybe you don't, you don't understand the meaning of Ash Wednesday. First of all, know that that is a very crowded boat. There's a lot of people that, that it's, it's confusing. It's tough. It's a, it's a mystery. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a mystery, right? Like so many encounters with God, it's a mystery. Um, we're right there with you and we want you to know that Ash Wednesday is really about, um, kind of celebrating, revealing the, 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 the you that God created you to be, even in the midst of this brokenness and this darkness, that there's a way around, a way through that brokenness and darkness that God is going to kind of take us through that. It starts with this, you know, this very religious, very, very liturgical, uh, very beautiful atonement, mm-hmm. right? On Ash Wednesday, this exercise of atonement. And then it's all, it's all sort of, I don't want to say it's all easy, but it's all fruit mm-hmm. after that, right? We really are kind of chasing this abundant fruit, this abundant grace as we journey through Lent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and God will continue to kind of, kind of pour that out on you, mm-hmm. if, you if you let him. So. Agreed. Agreed. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, 
as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, one last thing about Lent. Uh, it's a, it really is a time, and, and I think we've certainly made this point, but just to kind of reemphasize, it's a time of renewal. Mm. It's, a, it's a time of, you know, maybe even think about it as a time of like starting over. Yeah. Right? Um, a reset. A reset. And the great thing about that reset button on your Nintendo when you were a kid <laughs> was that um, the past was the past. Yeah. Right? And if you... Starting fresh. Yeah. If you had, you know, you, you lost in like the eighth level of Mario Brothers, like you could start over and the game would still be fun. <laughs> right? And you, you know, like you could just kind of, the past would be the past. Um, so think of it that way. Allow the past to be the past. Allow God to, to take that from you and to, to kind of bring you through that. And um, don't be too gloomy. No. Yeah, rejoice. And be glad. And be glad. <clears throat> and have frogs in your throat. Have frogs in your throat. <laughs> yes. Um, have frogs in your throat. Uh, happy Ash Wednesday, everyone. Happy yeah. Lent. Enjoy and, uh, your Lent. And we will talk to you later. Talk to you later. Peace. Bye. The Late to Church podcast is an AMET creative production and is hosted by James Longoria and Nikki Moncada. Our theme music is Candle in the Shadows by the Poor Kings. Check them out on Spotify or wherever you download music. Incidental music is by Punch Deck. Find us on Instagram at Late to Church Podcast and let us know your questions, comments, and thoughts by contacting Late to Church Podcast at gmail.com. Your insights might even be featured on the show. Just a little reminder. You are good. You are worthy. You are the beloved. Look around for the Lord today. He loves you and he wants an encounter with you. Thank you for journeying with us. We're praying for you. Peace.